0: A nighttime of May books passage through Broadway and crowd stands on banks of pavement waving it through the neon shoals. And the ports of call, place where spring dance can be bought for a dime, the current bargain basement rate of exchange. Or moon-drenched beach of the spectacular on which a girl sways and miraculously spells out the word aloha in twisted tubes of light. Or place of muted trumpet and quick fingers on a bongo beating out tropic messages and another place where a woman sits trembling alone in a booth, turns her nighttime face to the man who touches her shoulder. Nighttime of May. Journey into nowhere. And somewhere in wake of night laughter, dark, brooding street, windows of brownstone rooming house staring into it, and stoop to ascend, and door open before your knock, Sallow lights spill onto pavement, and in doorway a woman whose coilings of red hair are haloed by the 10-watt bulb.
2: You from the cops? That's right. Been leaning on my windows, watching for you. First time in my life, first time in my life I ever waited a cop should come to me. <laughs> Was
0: it you who called?
2: Me, Gwen. Gwen Victor.
0: Oh, you said that... What
2: I said on the telephone, don't hold a candle to the earful you're going to get. You want to come in now? Wait a minute. Huh? I want you to look at something. What? My face. Don't move a minute. I'll hold it up to the light for you. Now, ah, you see him? What? You don't recognize, huh? You don't recognize where a lady's been crying tears and the marks they leave in a powder base. I didn't repowder, especially so you could see where I've been crying. See? Those two rows.
0: Well, that girl you told us about on the phone, the girl who was hurt?
2: That poor thing. That poor little hurt thing. To fall at my feet like a wounded dove.
0: Look, uh, take me to her. We're wasting.
2: We're wasting nothing, mister. You got to be filled in, don't you? I know you, mistress. You've got to be filled in.
0: Then you'll take me to the girl, huh?
2: Then I'll take you to the girl. Because right now, from her and her condition, you'll get nothing. Just from me.
0: All right, Miss Victor, you tell me.
2: I'm a lady who's got a big heart inside her. I want you to understand that. Then you'll understand why it's happening like this. Well, go on. i got a very big heart. It's one of the reasons I sit out on the stoop nights. In case my rumors want to gab a little in the fresh night air in case they need advice on certain matters or the loan-of-a-kind word About the girl, It's what I'm coming to. Oh, the poor girl. Tonight I sit on the steps. My rumors have drifted to wherever. I'm alone by myself on the stoop. A car rolls down the street, lets a girl out. Whoosh! The car rolls on. The girl walks toward me, staggering like from the bottle. Flop! She falls at my feet. I lean over her. Honey, baby, I say to her. Honey, baby. She whimpers to me. Help me, help me. I see she's been knifed. I yell for Doc. Doc! Doc? Doc Roundtree, my oldest rumor. I yell for Doc. We lift and carry the hurt honey girl into a vacancy I happen to have at the present. Now
0: you'll take me to her.
2: Just so you'd understand about me and Doc. Now come on. How is she, Doc? How's our honey girl?
3: She's
4: sleeping, Gwen. She's dying.
2: Ah, you poor baby. You poor, sweet baby. Hey, Gwen. Huh? Oh, him. Don't worry about him, Doc. He's fine. Best of health. He's from the police. He came for our wounded bird. Good night. Uh, Come Uh, back here, Doc.
4: Now, now, look, mister. Look, all all I did was try to help her pain a little. I didn't do anything unethical. I didn't even try to wash the wound. I just held her hand. Try to make it easy Uh, for her. Doc's
2: trying to tell you he ain't practiced in 12 years because Doc ain't supposed to.
4: I did nothing unethical. A man has to be kind. The only way that's left to him. A dying girl in a fifth of bourbon had Doc that way, huh? Well...
0: How long has this girl been here?
2: I called you, Mr. Wright, when it happened. Couldn't be more than 20, 30 minutes since.
0: Either of you ever seen this girl before?
2: I've been sitting on my front stoop for years and years. This particular honey girl is a total stranger to me.
0: To you, too, Doc?
2: To Doc Roundtree, too.
0: Where's her purse?
2: Now, you could stick your nose in every cranny of my room and house, mister. You won't find it, because she didn't have one. You mean... Like you see her now is how she was when she fell to my feet. All she was carrying was this knife cut. That and a very pained expression around her mouth.
0: No identification. Just what
2: Doc said. She's dying. Oh, baby, honey, baby. Fever, huh? You just let Gwen...
0: Act of compassion Miss Victor rinses out a towel Clean in Hotel Emerson, Baltimore, Maryland Embroidered in blue Lays it against the girl's forehead And Miss Victor gains thereby an approving nod from Mr. Doc Roundtree Then the two of them alerted to reality By the sound the street makes Look at each other, then down at the girl Then up at me, then shake their heads Tenement tableau Stay with it until a stretcher is brought in Until a wounded girl is lifted up And taken away Then leave. Home now and two more pages of the novel while coffee boils. Two more pages propped against the sugar bowl. Bed and finish the chapter a few seconds before sleep. Next day, look at it through the window, yawn at it, make silent comment about it. And all the day does back at you is get later. So get dressed, get with it. Breakfast and headquarters and the entrance upon the arena of life of a gladiator who just happens to be named Tartaglia.
3: Danny? Come on in, Gino. Tell what's in your mind. I bring you this. There is no frigate like a book to bear us lands away. What? I give you a book which I have finished and which gave me great enjoyment, which is now yours so that you can also enjoy The fact that it is bound in paper is no reason why you should knock it.
0: Well, I'm not knocking it, Gino. I think it's very nice of
3: you to... In the twanger, perhaps you will find a new hero, even as I did. That's the hero's name, the twanger? A guitar-playing fellow who goes about the world having adventures. I tell you, Danny, I've read a lot of books in my time. But this fellow, when he lays aside his guitar, how two-fisted can you get? Gino, please. Pardon me. I guess I was carried away. What else have you got for me? A solitary item. Identification on the girl who was found late yesterday stabbed from a moving car. Oh? Who is she? From fingerprints taken from her by technical and cold numbers wired post-haste to Washington and return, she is none other than Sybil Crane. None other than... Sybil Crane! Formerly employed in the factory which undertook the manufacture of government-contracted items, which is why her prints were on file. Who does she work for, Gino? Superior Tool and I. as a bookkeeper, Danny. We're here. Yeah. Here's the address right here. And here, if you're going out, take the book I brought in case you stop for a sandwich or something you can start it. Oh, you're going to like it, Danny.
0: Quad car ride. Downtown along the river and past the strollers who hold hands and Maytime. And past the bench-sitters and pigeon-feeders and the boat-watchers, day where spring joins up with summer, the chemistry of which produces something sad and sunny, a breeze made specially for the hair and a smile made specially for the season. Left turn on 17th Street. Find an address. Superior Tool and Dye Company. Show a badge. Get nodded inside. And wait, but only for a moment, because a young lady appears who has a badge of her own, who wears her visored hat on top of a platinum bun, Tells you she's been assigned to you, and let's go. Through drill press, where things get drilled, she points out to you. Through drop hammer, where, well, watch. You see? And lathe and shears. Delivers you, unscathed but more rounded, to the office of Mr. John Woodley, head of the bookkeeping department, who is waiting for you.
5: It's, uh, Mr. Clover, isn't it? That's right. Also, the gate phoned me. You were from the police.
0: Right. A girl who used to work here, Sybil Crane. Well? Would you mind calling your personnel man or whoever? I'd like to have a look at her personnel records.
5: What do you want to know?
0: Look, uh, I... wait a minute.
5: I just asked you something. What do you want to know? Miss Crane worked right through that door. I can tell you Then tell me. Bright girl, I... I paid her a young fortune. Well... Well, what? Well, practically, for a girl, she was a bookkeeper. You know what bookkeepers get, don't you? No. Miss Crane got top salary. More than anyone in the department. Employer, employee, that's all. Well, that's all... Even if I'd had any ideas. Well, did you ever take out a girl where everything's a formula, name anything, and Sybil's got it broken down into numbers? Real bright. Maybe a genius. Excellent education. Why isn't she working here now? She wanted a real big raise. You'd think the company made a mint here, the amount she wanted. It just occurs to me, a policeman asking about her. Why? It was in the papers this morning. Well, I haven't looked at the papers. Uh, Does that make me uncooperative? She was stabbed. She dead? She wasn't when I talked to the hospital last. I hope she holds on. She dies and there goes a fine mind, very shrew, uh, analytical. That's the word I was looking for. Oh, It'll be a real loss. Uh, what else can I do for you? Well, oh, just give me her employment card. Uh, questions, I mean. Well, oh, just get the card, Mr. Woodling. I'll wait. <laughs>
0: Well, oh, how's Miss Crane, Doctor?
6: The thread that holds her life, Then Danny. she's still alive. Alive? Yes, I suppose you would say that she was a... Uh, From Miss Crane's room, come on. Uh, the visitor, the lady, Miss Victor, she said her name was.
2: Oh, baby. Poor baby doll. Look at her. Look at her dead. She's dead, ain't she, Doc? Yes. You know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do? Miss Victor. One thousand bucks reward. How do you like that? A G note for the Please, dirty Lau This lawsuit. is a hospital. Take your hands back where they belong. A thousand bucks, baby doll. Reward. We'll find out who kills you. Look, look at her. Dead to the world. Oh. <laughs>
1: You are listening to Broadway's My Beat, written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin, and starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. Savings bonds are a gift to appreciate. If you have received one, you can be happy for yourself and proud of the giver, because United States savings bonds guarantee interest at 3% if left to maturity. They offer security. Because they help Uncle Sam fight inflation and pay for defense, they are a patriotic gesture as well. Now and in the future, United States savings bonds can be the difference between security and uncertainty in the lives of the loved ones. Buy them regularly, where you work or where you bank.
0: The sunlight of a new morning strays through a springtime breeze, and for an instant, Broadway stops running, poises the cheek for the splatter of warmth, token that a fresh day is at hand. Assurance that the nighttime is finally done, and you can start to forget what happened last night. And the avenue is suddenly glitter, speckles of light to be held in the hand like a promise. But across the street, suddenly, the early trumpet spills out of the loudspeaker, signal for morning's first frenzy. The blonde blows a kiss to nobody at all, and close by, a man leans against a doorway, spins a key chain, and grins. Broadway leaps into another day. <laughs> And at headquarters, time for consideration, with tools at hand. Cigarette, warm coffee, glazed donut with most of the glaze missing, and Detective Mugovan, who likes them that way.
6: It's funny. At home, I can't eat breakfast. I get here to work, four donuts, no trouble at all.
0: You mind if I tell you you look it?
6: Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm going to have to start taking off the weight.
0: Denison checking on the background of Sybil Crane? That Denison's a good boy. Thanks so much for the information, Margaret. I've been wondering for the last nine days what kind of boy, Dennison. Yeah, he's checking. Mind if I ask you something? Why should I mind? Have you checked at Dennison to see whether he's
6: found out anything for me? He hasn't found out a thing. Nothing we don't already know. Oh, thanks. Better employment record on your desk. Mm-hmm. See it? Thanks. If Sybil Crane didn't lie when she was filling this out, she's a real brain, huh? That's yeah, funny. What? She left Woodley's employee a year ago, and what she did after that, like she vanished. Don't bother. Danny Clover speaking.
7: You the man with the reward? What? In this morning's paper, $1,000 for information... Who is this? I'm Mary Dixon. I have information concerning, well, uh, what the papers say about Sybil Crane. Where this information will lead to depends entirely upon how. Where can you... I find you, Miss Dixon? I am presently employed as 22nd floor maid of the Morrill Arms Hotel. When may I expect you?
0: About ten minutes.
7: Make it a half hour, Mr. Clover. Then I'll be on the roof having my lunch. The third redwood chair from the chimney.
0: In a half hour, Miss Dixon. <laughs>
7: Uh Uh-huh, I'm Dixon. And you?
0: Police. Uh Uh-huh. Well, a little while ago, you... Yeah, I
7: did. You know, there's never been a time in my life I wanted $1,000 as much as I do right now. In this weather, oh, what a woman could do with a thousand bucks.
0: All right, (laughs) Sybil Crane's murder. Let's start with that.
7: She used to live here in this hotel. Corner suite, 15th floor. I was working 15. It's how I got to know her. You'll
0: tell me how, won't you, Miss Dixon?
7: Uh Uh-huh, I will. I noticed Sybil, first of all, because, well, on my shift, she was never out of her room. I'd make the bed, she'd sit on the floor and read to herself from a book, never go out. One day I said, what's so good in the book, Miss Crane? And she told me. And from then on...
0: From then on what?
7: From then on, she got me to read a lot of books. I'd finish one list, and then she'd start me on another, like a private teacher. I don't know what was with it. But I enjoyed. I learned things I never dreamed they wrote about.
0: And that's the information you want $1,000 for?
7: Uh Uh-huh. That and how she'd call up room service on my time off and we'd eat together and have a couple of cocktails and talk. And then Bud would join us for culture. Bud? Bud Anderson, bellhop. He also got a lot of culture from Sybil, including more material things. Bud Anderson...
0: Is he No, no,
7: he don't jump bells here anymore. He's got a shop of his own, 23rd in Lexington. His name right over the word books. Success story, huh? Bellhop to books to killer.
0: You're sure that he's a killer, Miss Dixon?
7: You talk to Bud, then send me the grand. Care of the Lincoln Suite, this hotel, huh? Thirty bucks a day is sweet, and Dixon will be in it. Care for a banana?
0: And she peeled it for me, and took it in good grace when I refused, waved me farewell with it. Lexington Avenue now, and bookstore. Anderson over the word books, which was over the legend new, used, and rare, and inside the zones of silence which follow around the browsers given to the mood literary. And to be noted, the round lady under the section marked Metaphysics, peering close at titles. Also the young boy searching knowledge in the large dictionary. Also the man in the back speaking into the phone. All the
8: information you could possibly want about the child is in this volume. Yes, step by step. Yes, that's the one, the book recommended by Dr. Douglas. Yes, that's right here in the table of contents. Of course, I'll send it right out to you. Thank you. Oh, sir, what can I do for you?
0: Your name, Bud Anderson? Just browse around. The police. Oh. It's about Sybil Crane. And? A friend of yours, wasn't she? And? Mind if I make a suggestion, Bud? Uh-huh. Get the sign that says closed and hang it on the door. Explain to your customers that you're on your way to jail so for... what?
8: Offhand, let's just say suspicion of murder. Well, she liked me, she... Amy Doyle, I opened this shop. That's all, huh? Strictly a business proposition.
0: You used to be a bellhop at the Moreland Arms, didn't you, bud?
8: I used to be a lot of things, most of them like everybody else I don't talk about. But yeah, once a bellhop. Day fellow with bags. I was studying to be a teacher, an honest to goodness teacher of tots, and I needed money for school. Get the picture? Keep going. Well, industrious, work days, study nights. Then guess. Sure you can. I met Sybil Crane. Instead of a tip for carrying her luggage, she gave me a smile. Later, I brought her back change. Months later, the conversation got around to this. Don't be a teacher, bud. Be a book salesman.
0: How'd she get the money to
8: set you up in business? Her brain. I merely mentioned my love of books. Just like that, huh? Sure, very brilliant girl. Could afford anything she wanted, which is very intelligent. (laughs) You'll agree? Who killed her? Not I. That's the best answer I can give you for that question. Pardon me. Anderson's bookshop? Uh, yes, Mrs. Poe. Well, I'm not sure. Wait, I'll look at
1: And leave him, and in
0: store arcade past the eager, fleet-fingered probing of an old man through a bookstall of stained and ancient books, solution to the swift loss of another May Day, perhaps to be found in the rack marked textbooks used mathematics. Mm-hmm. And into street now. Walk with May problem for policemen. A girl flung from a car into nighttime of Tenement Street. Girl picked up kindly, carried to vacancy in a rooming house. Girl called for, carried to another room where her dying became official. Murder of Sybil Crane. Problem. Walk with it. And it becomes a cube pile of police headquarters. And it becomes tangents of sunlight splintering off dark cylinder of corridor. And something else. Why
2: you miserable... You think I'd let you near me? Huh? Not within ten foot push You booze hound? No good stray booze hound? You think I'd let you? Why, good afternoon there, Mr. Clover.
6: Yeah, come on and enjoy the afternoon, Danny. What goes on here, Mugovan?
2: It's just that the doc here and me have come to the point of me kissing him off, Mr. Clover. Doc and me... You're uh, fat,
6: that's what you
4: are, Gwen. And that fancy red hair you're wearing is nothing but a dirty old (laughs) lie. Enjoying
0: yourself, (laughs) Mugovan? Yeah, yeah. My office, you think I deserve a piece of what's making you feel so good? Sure you do, Danny.
6: A little while ago, there was a riot call. It seems Miss Victor here and Doc Roundtree here got to tapping each other with empty gin bottles.
2: We didn't need you, gentlemen. The doctor and I could have settled it quite peacefully. It was just that Fancy, we... Fancy, uh...
4: highty-tighty, listen to her. Gentlemen, quite peacefully, the doctor and I. All that money oil your tongue, in. All of a sudden, you're rich. And all of a sudden, that makes you a Lady Gwen.
2: <laughs> uh, why, you low-down, good-for-nothing, crack! Crack!
4: Someone going to tell me what this is all about? Make her tell you. Make her tell you. Make her tell you where she got all that money. Money for awards, money for operation. (laughs) Go on, make her. Well, Miss Victor?
2: I've been an ailing woman for the last five years. And I need to have a doctor go over me, a good doctor with a diploma. And if he happens to recommend an operation... Why, it just so happens I'm in a position now to recompense him for his services. I'm
4: a good doctor. I'm a good doctor, old
2: moneybags. I shall not even discuss it, if that's your opinion of yourself.
0: Operations are expensive, Miss Victor.
2: Yeah, don't I know, Mr. Clover. I've been putting a little aside for mine for five years. Liar!
4: Liar! Tell him how you got the money. Crack! 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 I'll tell you where she got it. That dying girl, that Miss Crane... Gwen was at her all day to whisper her name to her. And she did. And Gwen... here All
2: the fuss. I I just happened to mention to Mr. Woodley, down at the Superior Tool and Die Place, I just mentioned it to him, that that poor girl said his name before she died, and he...
0: He what? He what, Miss Victor?
2: Why, uh, he just turned his back to me and from somewhere pulled out a fistful of money and shoved it right
0: into my...
2: Ah, oh, Doc. Now look what you went and done.
4: Go on, dearie. I didn't mean it. I... Get with it, Markovan.
6: It's quite a factory they have here, huh, right, Danny? Uh-huh. You're not going to believe this, but I've always wanted a little shop of my own. I believe it, Mugger. Hey, you know what that thing over there is? That's a Yoder hammer.
0: You know what they cost? I used to know, but I forgot. I don't want to know anymore.
6: You know what the trouble with you is, Danny?
0: Don't tell me. Just knock on the door.
5: Uh, Oh, hello, Clover. Uh, They phoned me from up front. You were on your way. Well, what are you doing here? I
0: brought a friend around I want you to meet. Mr. Woodley, Detective Muggins.
5: Hi. Uh, Come on in. Now, better. Less noise. You can concentrate easier. What do you want? The factory makes you irritable, huh? Look,
6: I'm busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How
5: much money did you pay off to Gwen Victor, Mr. Woodley? Who?
6: A dame who whispered a name to you.
5: I'm supposed to have an idea what you're talking about? A real good one. We'll just add the word blackmail, and you can take it from there.
0: Blackmail? Why should I pay anybody blackmail? That's a good question. We'll take them one at a time. First, Gwen Victor paid her blackmail because she walked in here and said she knew a dying girl.
6: Dying girl named Sybil Crane.
0: Gwen found the girl with a knife wound, knew she was dying, took her home,
5: sat with her for a day until she mentioned a name. Yours. We, uh, we got a, a nice place here. You notice that case of fittings near the drill press? Now the
6: question arises, relation between you and Sybil.
5: You'd be surprised how much those fittings cost per each. Danny,
6: mm-hmm. now there was quite a girl. Wasn't she quite a girl, Woodley? Well,
5: uh, And how much profit there is in those fittings and how many ways a bookkeeper can split that profit and still come out tidy. I, I can show you a pencil and paper.
6: You're not paying attention, Woodley. Oh, I heard
5: every word you say. And I want to tell you something. Well, go ahead. I gave Gwen Victor part of the bookkeeping profits. <laughs> well, what kind of a fellow would you think of me if I, I wouldn't offer you the same arrangement? get it, Woodley. More. You'd be surprised the number you could ask for before I'd say ouch.
6: Sybil made you say ouch, didn't she? That's why you got rid of her. Just a nothing type girl, fellas. That's the way we heard it.
5: Smart girl. Very. Especially with figures. Addings, subtracting, dividing. Nothing
0: type. She was living in a $30 a day suite, Woodley. Gave people money to go into business, and she didn't have
5: a job. What'd she have on you, Woodley? Why were you paying off? Look, why don't you guys talk
6: sense? All right, get off the bus. You're all through buying people. Why were you paying off? I liked her. I gave her little bonuses from time to time. Let me tell you what's going to happen now, Woodley. Right now, right at this second, one of our men is going from bank to bank. He's going to find out where Sybil kept her money. He's going to find out how much she had, how often she made deposits. The
5: company's got a few nice contracts, choice cost plus. You've been stealing. Let me tell it, will you? No, sir. She helped. She showed me a way of juggling, would knock your eye out, set up a system of books for me, and quit. And you had to keep paying her? Ten times her salary each week.
6: She wanted more, so you killed her, huh?
5: Ten times her salary. You know what it comes to? Half for you, half for him. Know how you could live? Danny? Uh Uh-huh?
6: Isn't he spunky?
5: Yes, he is. You go far. Let's go, Mr. Woodley. (laughs)
0: Twilight touches Broadway now. It's quitting time. The subway hour of tired faces. Blue Plate special time. But soon will be the instant when a man will dart from a doorway, beckon over his shoulder to another. Then mob will gather and scream its heart out at the night. It's Broadway. The gaudiest. The most violent. The lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway. My Beat.
1: Broadway's My Beat stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover, with Charles Calford as Tartaglia and Jack Crucian as Mugovan. The program is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis with musical score composed and conducted by Alexander Courage. In tonight's story, Joseph Kearns was heard as Woodley. Featured in the cast were Martha Wentworth, Sandra Gould, Paul Richards, and Joe Granby. Bill Anders speaking. This coming Monday night, CBS Radio's Suspense completes radio's first dramatization of Shakespeare's tragic masterpiece, Othello, starring Richard Widmark and Kathy and Elliot Lewis. Remember, it's Othello, brought to life in a gripping radio adaptation by those masters of high-tension drama, the producers of Suspense. Here at this coming Monday night on most of these same CBS radio stations, Suspense. 45 million radio families listen most to the CBS radio network.